Should we go electric? I think we should go electrified with Toyota. Electrified? Electrified means options. So electrified looks different for everyone. Yup, and with more options for reducing carbon emissions, Toyota is electrified diversified. Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Hey, Jim. Hey, Catherine. Is everyone you know just texting and calling you right now with questions? Yeah, like somebody asked me about getting a haircut. Uh-huh. And I, and clearly I had to be like, no, don't get a haircut right now. Um, don't get a haircut right now. <laughs> that's something that you can say. If you're in a place where the, um, uh, the barbers are still open, you know, that's someone kind of rubbing, like hovering around your head and um, touching very near your face for a prolonged period just for aesthetic reasons. And that's a luxury we'll have to do without. Everyone's going to be super shaggy here after this. <laughs> yeah. I'm ready for it. Um, yeah, no, no more dudes with fades. Like the whole buzz cut thing is going to be like over. <laughs> remember when you could look like that? <laughs> um, yeah, I was going to say asymmetrical haircuts will really be out of style. But actually, if everyone's going to be cutting their own hair, we could really have some interesting hairstyle innovations. Um, yeah. Anyway, you're getting tons of questions from friends, family, colleagues, me. Uh, And today we wanted to take a minute and just answer a bunch of questions that we've gotten from listeners. It has been so heartening to see people writing to us and sharing concerns in a real way. And I would love to be of help as much as possible where we can. Right. A lot of these things don't have yes or no answers, but we're going to do our best. But they have interesting maybes. Yeah. Yeah. Sure, uh, sure. We can, we can uh, explore the shades of gray. So, all right, I think we should just get right to it. So a question we got from Barry is, I've been hearing more and more reports of high false positives and false negative rates. I w- worry that the focus of, on the importance of testing and our initial lack of it is now leading to an over-reliance on positive-negative test results to guide what should be common-sense decisions to protect the system's ability to respond. Hmm. We're, we're taking extreme measures right now to prevent the hospitals from being overloaded as in the city is completely shut down and others are too. And we're doing that under the presumption that there are just tons and tons of cases right now. Right. Which are, but there are only a few cities in the U.S. right now that are really shut down. And there are many, many places where, say, uh, there are either zero reported mm-hmm. positive cases right now or maybe three or something. But mm-hmm. the fact that we have positive confirmed cases doesn't it's not necessarily representative of how many cases there are, right? Right. So they are a little misleading if we over-rely on the number of positives right now. Right. So if you get a positive, that means you found the actual virus in someone's nose. It's definitely there. Uh, there's not going to be false positives. I mean, some, but, but, but not a lot. Um, false negatives are a much bigger issue. Um, so, so yeah, we're, we're not testing widely in a lot of places, but also the tests can sometimes just not find the virus. Sometimes you don't get enough on the swab. And then sometimes that particular, wherever just you touched an area of the nasopharynx, didn't happen to have any virus in it, but there actually was some there. Ideally you get two tests. Um, and if they're mm. both negative, so if then you get a negative sure. test, it doesn't necessarily, it probably means you don't have it, but not necessarily. Yeah. It means they didn't find it in that test. Um, right. no, you can't rule out it definitely wasn't there. 
Um, so given the number of tests we have and the lack of widespread access to them, we're generally treating negatives like they are actually negative. But ideally, you know, it matter like the whole context matters. If a person is coughing and feverish and their whole family just got diagnosed and, and then they get a negative test, that's different from if you were just screening everyone and a perfectly healthy person got a negative test. The actual right. value of that test changes. Right. And it also doesn't mean you haven't had it in the past if you have a negative. Right. right. And that's the exciting test that other people are working on. Yeah. Which can you talk more about that? Cause I would like to know more about this. How could we figure out if people had had it, which might suggest that they were at least temporarily immune. Right. So when you have had an infection, you develop antibodies of different types at different times uh, that are, they sort of circulate in your blood thereafter. And they are like on patrol looking for if that, pathogen comes at you again, those they're going to quickly get it and get like find it, isolate and get rid of it. So you're not going to get sick again. Um, and we can do antibody testing. And if you have those antibodies, that mean your that means your body has been exposed to this virus before and has an immune response to it. So theoretically, uh, you shouldn't get sick again. So it would be important when we have this antibody test, we'll be able to say who's had this and who hasn't. And assuming this works like other viruses, that you should be able to be immune, at least temporarily, as long as you have these antibodies. Um, and that would let you know who you're safe. You know, you might be safe to go out, be around people, help people out who are, who, who are sick. And without it, Right now, a lot of people just don't know. Did they have a cold? Did they have the flu? Did they did they have COVID nineteen? Um, and they have to operate as if they haven't yet had it and could still get it. So, what does it that, take to make an antibody test? How how long? How far away is it when we could actually have this? You know, that's a good question. I, a matter of months, I, I'm, I'm told, and I've seen people claiming to have developed things, but as far as um, FDA approval and testing, you want to make sure, you know, a lot would be riding on a test like this. So it's kind okay. of similar to the vaccine that you don't just, the first person who's discovered it doesn't mean, oh, now we have one. It, there's a approval process to make sure, yeah, this really does work. And also we need to know, indeed, that if you have these, you have these antibodies, you really can't get sick again. Can I ask you about, uh, so something I've been wondering about testing, you know, we're seeing all these reports of, okay, the U.S. has this many positive cases, and it's on this trajectory. Italy has this many positive cases. This is the tra trajectory, South Korea, you know, et cetera. Yeah. To some degree, the number of positive tests are an indicator of how widespread the virus is in your country, but it's also uh, an indicator of how widely you're testing, right? Right. Initially, politically, people were trying to downplay it and say how few cases there were, as if that were evidence that that they were doing a good job in positions of leadership. I mean, specifically Donald Trump. And then I think that trickled down to the rest of, rest of the task force kind of coming out every day and saying, we only have three cases. We only have eight cases. We only have 15 cases, you know, and mm -hmm. um, trying to say we're going to get that number down instead of thinking we need to get it up. Uh, because it means we're not looking. It's like when you first discover a new problem at a huge corporation, some kind of harassment, um, you don't immediately say, oh, that was that's a one-off case. There's nothing else. You immediately go into, we're going to seek this out and 
improve the company and find as you know encourage reporting and make everybody feel comfortable you know right. and they took the wrong approach from the beginning right uh, so so I, I think just a key thing to remember that's helpful that that that's helping me figure this out is the number of positive cases should be a comforting sign if you are seeing low a low number of cases reported wherever you are that is not necessarily an indication that you don't have that many cases. It might be an indication that you have no information. Right. Yeah. No, it's a pandemic. I mean, the, the only time that good that low numbers become reassuring are after you've had pretty high numbers. Like that's what we're hoping to see in Italy right now. The numbers are are increasing still, but but at a slower rate. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's keep let's keep moving. Um, a question about symptoms. Uh, this is from Charles. What are the early symptoms and do you get all of them or do different people have different combinations of symptoms? Yeah. A big part of the reason that this disease is so dangerous is that it can look like so many different things. Um, you know, tuberculosis, Lyme disease, lots of other infectious diseases have this sort of classic progression if there is one here with COVID-19, it's not at all reliable. Some people will be nearly asymptomatic. Um, some people just have mild disease that could, could not be distinguished from a cold. And many people will have difficulty breathing and lower respiratory disease. But um, you can't fully diagnose that without one of these tests that actually finds this virus. So you yeah. cannot self-diagnose and the symptoms manifest very differently for different people. Right. Which is part of the problem of tracking that. Right. Yeah. Okay. okay. Continuing. So we've gotten a lot of just practical questions because it's so hard to figure out how to live your life under this. So we've gotten a lot of practical questions that I want to do kind of rapid fire. Okay. Christopher has asked about packages and food delivery. What do we know about, you know, best guidelines for receiving packages and food delivery? Um, yeah. <laughs> rapid fire this is not i mean um every time that you place an order you are asking someone to go out on your behalf into the world and that puts them at risk and i'm thinking about that but also every time you go out that's not ideal either so um i think delivery is is the only way to sustain this and ideally it's just done as safely with as little human contact as possible. And if you order things to be delivered to your house, if there's a possibility to leave them in a place for a couple days, you know, put them in a closet or just leave them on your stoop, there will be time then for if there is any virus on that to, um, to die. They can't live forever. There a couple days, two days, yeah. three yeah, days. Yeah, that would be ideal um, mm -hmm. if you can do that. And, you know, obviously there's a lot of issues about supporting restaurants and all that, which everyone wants to be able to do, but also, you know, you can't do that if you're ordering hot food. So I would just, I don't know. I don't have a great answer to that. Have you ordered hot right. food? No, I haven't ordered any food delivery, but you know, restaurant, all my favorite restaurants, everybody oh. in my neighborhood, you know, is going to have to close. So, uh, and I miss eating their food. Right, right. You can be as safe as possible by, you know, washing your hands as soon as you, as soon as you pick it up and trying to be as, as sterile as possible. Um, 
and do your best. I, okay, so no clear I, answer. I don't. No. <laughs> no, I mean, like, like, listen, if it was only about health, I would just say, no, never order food. Eat everything, at the only things that have been sitting on your porch for a week and then come inside and cook everything for yourself and never interact with anyone, you know? But that's also just not not realistic for a lot of people and only does more to further hurt and create more joblessness and insecurity among all the people in your community who are trying to make livings. Right. So uh, those are the things for you to consider. And I know that those are the things that public health officials are considering too. Right. Laundry is a question I have given that I don't have a laundry machine. And yeah, those are still considered vital businesses, right? Are those are the, those have yes, still- laundromats are open. So okay. should I drop it off? Should I do it myself? Like, do I need to leave my laundry in the hallway for two days? Like after I do my laundry, how do, how do I approach that? Um, yeah, uh, I would Maybe ideally I just never do laundry. Which I you know, guess is a- when you're not going out and uh, you don't need to do laundry that much, right? Yeah. Um, in New York, we have small apartments and small bodegas, and like we don't drive cars to the grocery store, so shopping is not this big weekly haul or bi-weekly haul. It's like almost every night you walk by and pick something up. <laughs> I wouldn't do it like that anymore. I would go and like buy as much as you can carry and go and make as few trips as possible don't be like i'm just gonna run out and grab some ice cream yeah and i would do the same with with laundry like if you could cut your number of trips you know and go less often then less people out in any given time less exposure to you yeah and then if you could leave it outside in the hallway for or wherever in your portico I don't have a portico, but <laughs> I, have a, where, I have a home. Yeah, where it's not outside, it's not in anybody's way, but just, sure. I think that time thing is, works to our advantage. Like, we don't have tons of hand sanitizer right now. We don't have, a, we don't have a lot of resource, resources, but man, do we have time. <laughs> That's a good point. That's a good point. Um, hand sanitizer or soap? Washing your hands with soap is one better than the other? I haven't seen evidence that one is better than the other uh, and, you know washing your hands is such a relative phrase Some yeah people do it sure. so poorly yeah if you do it bad then hand sanitizer would be better if you give yourself a thorough like scrubbing in like a surgeon then i'd say that's better um okay. but in a realistic so way check out, you check out a youtube video of how a sur- surgeon washes <laughs> yeah okay all right uh Moving on, we'll do just a couple more and then we'll wrap up and we'll get to more later. But um, we have a question from Yolanda. Uh, My husband and I have an adult son who lives with us, who works, but is doing most of his work at home now. When he goes out and comes back home, what do I need to do? He stays away from people. He knows how vulnerable we are. What should her son be doing? Hmm. I I would try to practice social distancing even inside the house right now if you live with vulnerable people. Um... Yes, it's likely that if you live together, the person is going to get sick if you get sick, even if you try to keep distance. Um, but just be extremely careful. If you live with vulnerable people, if there's if you have another place to stay for a while and you could live with younger, healthier people or stay with younger, healthier people, um, that would be great. But you just have to be extremely conscious of the fact 
that you don't want to bring this virus into the home um, because a, a young, healthy person might be barely symptomatic and not even feel bad and then sit down at the dinner table with elderly parents and, um, you know, infect them. And that would be, right. that would be a terrible fate. I'm not, I, I yeah. understand people need to have dinner with their families and are going to continue to, but small things, you know, could add up to try to try to be conscious of that and just be hyper aware of any symptoms and be hyper vigilant about your own hygiene and your own contacts. Okay. Do I need, do I need to sanitize mail? Um, I think we have such a shortage of hand sanitizer. I wouldn't, I would do the, get the stuff, get things out of the mailbox, put it right outside your apartment door, or just inside in a box for a little while, unless there's something urgent, which I think actually everything can be deferred right now for at least 48 hours. Let your mail sit someplace for three days before you open it. Okay. Don't waste, don't waste product. Wash your Got hands it. after you get it. Just let it sit and then, then get back to it. Last question. Uh, this is from a listener named Tiffany. How will this end? Um, great. Did you say this is a small question or this is the big one? This is the big one. Okay. Um, well, you know, we, we were talking about the antibodies earlier. So this probably ends when a significant number of people get antibodies such that you develop herd immunity. So you can't get a huge outbreak like we did. And that happens either because a lot of people have been infected or a lot of people have gotten vaccinated. And at this rate, it'll be still about a year to a year and a half before we have vaccination by most estimates. So this ends about then. Got it. Well, it, a lot of people have gotten sick. And ideally that happens over the course of that year and a half. Um, as opposed to all within the next month or two, right? I mean, the sub-question of Tiffany's question is, when will my parents be able to hug their grandchildren again? Oh, no. I don't know. Yeah. Um, in, in the short term, before we have that vaccine, and bef before you know whether someone definitely is immune to it, th these same measures of precaution will have to be taken yep. until that point. This will end when there's herd immunity. This may end for some people earlier once there's an antibody test. I, I think so. If it plays out the way we, we've been talking about and you are indeed immune, then um, yeah, especially for high-risk people, uh, you're just going to have to be cautious of everyone in the interim for, for, for quite some time. It's It's no good. I mean, but it is what it is. That's just, we don't want this to be the reality, but it is what it is. <laughs> it is. We understand it right now. I hope things change. I hope there's some out of the box solutions I'm not thinking of and, um, and, and it gets better before that. Um, so let's wrap this up for today. I'm going to say some things that we should know. This show is produced by Alvin Mellet and Kevin Townsend. You should check out our other show, The Ticket. You can write us at socialdistanceattheatlantic.com. You can call us at 202-642-6487. And Jim's personal cell phone is... Um, Wait a minute! <laughs> <I> just, <laughs> JK, not yet. Um, 
And then check out theatlantic.com where all of our writers are covering this every day uh, and also covering many, many other things. Uh, we've made uh, a selection of our coronavirus coverage free. Uh, so you can check it out. If you are in a position to support The Atlantic right now in our journalism, you can do that at theatlantic.com slash support us with a subscription. So thank you to everybody for listening. And thanks, Jim. This has been helpful for me. One more question. Why is it called COVID-19? Oh, coronavirus disease 2019, which oh. was when it was first identified. Um, yeah, actually, always that strikes me still as ominous that they felt the need to specify the year because there are lots of other coronaviruses out there in animals, and this could uh, just be the first of many. I don't mean to sound ominous about that, but I mean to say, like, oh, that's whatever, so much worse. Whatever than planning any... we wish that we had done, now is a time to not just think about how do we put a quick band aid on here, but let's not let this happen again. Oh, my God. Okay. All right. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Okay. Thanks so much. Okay. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. So, should we go electric? I think we should go electrified with Toyota. Electrified? Electrified means options. Yes, we could go all electric with a Toyota BZ4X, but then there are hybrids like Grand Highlander. Or we could do something in between, like a RAV4 plug-in hybrid. So, Toyota is electrified diversified? Yep, and with more options for reducing carbon emissions, the closer we all get to Toyota's Beyond Zero vision for the future. Exactly. How much coffee have you had this morning? Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyondzero.